my personality to be jittery. It's part of my charm. Wrestling fans, are you ready? It's time for my one, two, three cents of the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me the hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! Hey friends, welcome to episode 361 of the My One Two Three Cents podcast. This is Kevin Huntsberger. I am the co-host of this week's episode. My co-host Chad Smart will be joining me in just a few minutes to talk more about Escape from the Undertaker. That's right, it is Movie Mania and we're focusing on the Netflix special Um Produced by WWE, of course, and we get more into that as well as some other wrestlers who have tried their hand at the big and small screens. So uh, it's a fun conversation, so be sure to stick around for that. Uh, I do want to mention that Stride Pro Wrestling is returning on Saturday, November 13th. Uh, We'll be at the building in Carterville, and this is also going to be the time to drop off toys for the My123 Cents Stride Pro Wrestling action figure drive. Uh, This is uh, the fourth year that we've done it, and again, a complete ripoff of what uh, the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast does, but the effort is there to make sure that kids in Southern Illinois, the uh, there are five counties that Toys for Tots reaches out to here in Southern Illinois specifically, so we're going to make sure that uh, some of those kids wake up Christmas morning and have some wrestling action figures and wrestling-related toys. So if you are so inclined and want to make a donation, please uh, either come to that show uh, in November at Stride Pro Wrestling Building in Carterville, or you can simply reach out to me on social media and I will find a way to meet you or give you shipping information if you are so inclined to ship something as well. So uh, again, it's a big passion project of sorts and something that I look forward to. And hopefully next week we'll have even more announcements coming up in regards to uh, the toy drive coming up in December. But the actual drive itself, I'm going to collect the toys uh, at the November show because the deadline and the cutoff for Toys for Tots is usually that first or second week of December and I want to make sure that we get them to the building in plenty of time as well. So thank you again for those who have supported in the past and those who are considering supporting in the future. And speaking of support, ProWrestlingTees.com slash My123Cents, collar and elbow, and now Thigh Huggers, all three great ways to support my one two three cents, the brand, as well as Stride Pro Wrestling. Proceeds from all the Stride Pro Wrestling uh, items bought on Pro Wrestling Tees goes right to Stride Pro Wrestling. So again, it's ProWrestlingTees.com/slash My One Two Three Cents. There are a couple of different Stride designs. There are a couple of different My One Two Three Cents designs. There's a Christmas one too that kind of incorporates uh, the. Christmas Vacation movie box cover, movie poster, uh, along with Mondo, the My One Two Three Cents mascot. So again, if you uh, you know are looking for a pro wrestling swag that would support independent wrestling, we would love it 
if you would make a purchase and uh, wear it out, proudly post it on social media, let other folks know about Stride Pro Wrestling and my one, two, three cents. I thank you for that. And while we're letting folks know about things, a review of the podcast, you like it, you love it, you hate it. I want to hear from you. I want your feedback. You are the listeners. I want to know what you think of my one, two, three cents. Do you like movie mania? Do you like two is greater than one? Do you like the interview? What segments, what features do you like here? What would you rather see or what would you like more of? So let me know. Uh, Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Screenshot that review and send it to me and you will be eligible for a prize um, from the My One Two Three Cents prize pack, and you know, quite honestly, there are very few reviews out there, so the odds of you winning are pretty good. So go ahead and leave a review, and let me know your One Two Three Cents on My One Two Three Cents. Friends, we'll be back right after the break with more on Movie Mania and Escape from the Undertaker. If you've dreamed of becoming a professional wrestler, it's time to make that dream a reality. The Stride Pro Wrestling Training Academy is now enrolling new students. Classes meet on Tuesdays and Thursday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. for just $60 per month. Be sure to check out the Stride Pro Wrestling Facebook page at facebook.com slash stridepro-wrestling and get enrolled now. Hey friends, welcome back to the show. As promised, my guest co-host this week is Chad Smart. It is Movie Mania, as we mentioned before, and uh, Chad kind of called an audible. Obviously, it's it's October as we are recording this and wanted to be in the Halloween spirit. We had talked about some scary movies and we had some other options. And then, lo and behold, something showed up on Twitter just a few days ago promoting Escape from the Undertaker, and I thought, this is WWE, it's it's a, a WWE, you know, characters and whatnot, and since this is a wrestling podcast, it's Movie Mania, we've got to include it in our Halloween discussion, and probably not the best choice I've ever made. Uh, well, it's only 30 minutes long, so... That was a plus. That That is true. That is probably the best thing about it. So, I've spent a lifetime studying the dark arts and uncovered many unnatural forces, but none compare to the urn's powers. Hello? Excuse me, uh, Undertaker, it's your boys, the New Day! My urn loves to consume the souls of the Face more fear. No, 
this was not a movie that was uh, with the demographic of two guys pushing 50 in mind. Um, I, I think that as, as a kid, and I think if my kids were smaller, they would have loved this. But uh, I guess kind of framing it, it's a movie with The Undertaker and The New Day. And that's basically it. It's four characters, um, you know, Xavier Woods, Big E, and Kofi Kingston, and of course, The Undertaker. Some cameos, uh, I guess, from Paul Bearer. But uh, for the most part, it's those four are the principal characters. And the interesting thing about this one, I thought, and I think you're going to kind of go into more of this, is it was an interactive film or production, I guess. Yeah, I'm sure you remember being back in grade school and we had the Choose Your Own Adventure books. You know, that's when kids actually would read stuff and not just have (laughs) images moving in front of them and, and actually had attention spans and whatnot. Um, yeah, so I, I found this was an interesting idea. However, as we were talking a little bit before um, we started recording, this is not Netflix's first foray into this type of entertainment. There is, and it's still on Netflix, a, another version of a choose-your-own-adventure. Um, it's, it's a movie called Splattered. Okay. And it is interesting because, uh, one, it's produced by Roger Corman, the king of the B-movie. Anybody knows movie history he's he was a low budget filmmaker in the 60s 70s uh gave ron howard his start with a movie i think called grand theft auto uh gave jack nicholson one of his first early roles in the in the original uh, little shop of horrors movie but he is notorious for you know for a few tens of thousands of dollars and like two weeks go like go out and make me a movie and then we'll distribute it so you had him producing you had joe dante directing uh, Joe Dante, director of Piranha, Gremlins, Gremlins 2, uh, Small Soldiers. And it starred, you know, one of my beloved 80s actors, Corey Feldman. And what was interesting, it's it's a splatter is about a rock star who c- commits suicide. His band members and I think girlfriend go to pay tribute to him at his Hollywood mansion. And then they start getting killed off. And you oh, get wow. to choose who dies next oh wow and the way they originally intended it was it would premiere on friday on saturday people would get to vote who gets to die next on sunday they would write the next script on monday they would shoot and edit and by next friday they would have the next installment out well they quickly realized that was just too much to to try to do in such a short time span yeah um so i think they ended up just writing out all the possible scenarios, filming them, and then letting people choose it on, on its own. And I, um, this came out in 2009, I think it was either 09 or 10, when um, I, I got to see, they showed this in a theater here in Los Angeles, but they showed it, um, they let the crowd vote on who was going to die next, and then they would just click it, you know, click to the Netflix link and Joe Dante, Roger Corman and Corey Feldman were all there to talk about it. But so I found it interesting that now it's 10 years later that they're retrying it. And especially with WWE. Right. And, you know, I will talk a little bit more, but this was an interesting story. And I think the way the undertaker has been presented the last few years, it kind of went back into, um, earlier taker. Instead of late, because he's more of a yeah. heel in this movie than the face that, you know, he has been the last few years of his career. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting choice in having it 
the New Day as kind of the, uh, because I think they're probably still, you know, especially now that Big E has recently won the WWE Championship and uh, on on Raw, I feel like the New Day is still as popular as ever. And and like you said, you know, the Undertaker was was kind of heelish and ghoulish and you know that uh, the those early days of and we mentioned Paul Bear kind of making the cameos or some video clips of of him in this as well. Um, but I thought, yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing. Like, could this have worked better if it was, because it's, it's the perfect, and I guess it's more of a, like a, a Halloween special of sorts. Like we mentioned, it's only 31 minutes long. So, um, you know, could they have thrown in some bad guys and made it a little, uh, you know, more, I, I don't know. It was just, it was very, uh, to me, over the top cheesiness, but it wasn't like, like I didn't want to turn it off. I did kind of want to see what was going on, but I I do feel like the story was just kind of like, eh, okay, where are we going with this? Yeah, I, for being thirty minutes, I felt it was a long thirty minutes. Yeah. like it didn't have a much lot going on, and maybe you know, it, maybe it's too bad that this Netflix wasn't around twenty five years ago, and we could have got Hulk Hogan versus the Dungeon of Doom <laughs> in this type scenario, and you get to choose. You know, do you want to go up against Zodiac next or the Shark or? mean but yeah i am curious did you because i've only watched it once so far yeah have you watched did you watch it once or did you watch it a couple times to choose different options um i watched it once and yeah i did kind of because i i if you don't click right away it automatically chooses for you but i i was able to kind of keep up with that part of it so this is definitely a movie like i said if you're watching this by yourself or you know if you're not watching it with kids and, and someone else is in control of the remote. Uh, you know, this is not a movie to watch while tweeting or Snapchatting or anything else because you do get prompts and you have to to make those decisions and, and figure out where you're going to go next or where the characters are going to go next. Um, and I know, and I, I wanted to mention this before we get too deep into this, you know, I... I love the idea behind it and it kind of is reminiscent and probably not, obviously not the interactive part of it, but there was a little movie out in the mid eighties, Chad, that you and I, I know I saw it several times at the theater because it had different endings each time. And that was clue. Um, so you would, you would get, uh, you know, different characters ended up being the killer, so to speak. And so, uh, it was a great gimmick to get moviegoers to come back and see an alternative ending. Did you experience the whole Clue phenomenon back in the day? Uh, no, I, I love Clue as a movie, but I only saw it on home video where they put all the endings mm. into one. But yeah, I, I highly recommend watching Clue if you have not. I yeah. think it is available on some streaming platform yeah. at the moment. Um, and I, I got to go... There's a theater out here that does Rocky Horror Picture Show every weekend. Oh, yeah. They were doing it. I don't know if they're still, if they've brought it back yet, but the cast that did, that does that, uh, would do Clue like once or twice a year. And they would show Clue and then act that out. Oh, cool. Uh, I mean, it didn't have the same audience participation, but it was just an interesting way to present, uh, Clue. But no, I, I, I I thought the same thing. Yes, with the different endings. And I, I, you know, I would like to be able to, uh, you know, have, have gone to see Clue and not know which, which one to expect. Yeah. And so I guess that's with this, you never know. I, you know, I'm curious because I think there is only like really one successful ending to 
escape the undertaker because when i watched it my original choice we didn't escape but then i was like oh do you want to go back and do this yeah thing I'm like okay yes let's do, do that and then that's when they escape but yeah i i think or i i wonder also can this technology because i i'm guessing this is still relatively new i have not seen any other offerings and i didn't know about uh Splat, splatter. splatter is that what you called it yeah I, I didn't i hadn't heard of splatter before but i'm assuming especially nowadays the technology is there i would be very interested to see if wwe or aew incorporate i don't think aew would do it but incorporate this into some sort of match you know we we had taboo tuesday back in the day where that was somewhat interactive um to a certain extent, but I wonder if they, you know, if they do these cinematic matches, could you decide then, you know, is AJ Styles going to pick up a chair or is he going to pick up this, uh, uh, two by four, you know what I mean? Like, I wonder if that could ever become an option or if we'll ever see something like that. And would you want to see that as a fan? Yeah, I, I would say no, because that you would have to suspend disbelief even more mm-hmm. to do that in, you know, in the time frame. Yeah, I mean, if, you know, using your example, if AJ's fighting someone has them down, you're not going to wait five minutes for the audience to vote or, you know, 30 seconds to vote on, on what weapon he should use because the guy, his opponent theoretically would get up and, you know, fighting, fight back. Well, I would say it would be like the, the movie was where movie, you're yeah. watching it on your own. Like it'd be something they'd produce and then just have to release. It wouldn't be part of an actual pay-per-view or anything like that. Okay. Yeah. And well, that's was going to be my other thought is that, yeah, if you do as, as a cinematic film as part of a, a show, then you're still like, still sp- suspending disbelief because you know, multiple. Yeah. You true. know, and you know, it, it, it would be a weird thing, but I, I'm, I can see more uh, specials like this Netflix special. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I don't know how long it took to, to shoot or what the budget was or anything like that. But um, I, I, I'm actually, you know, like surprised that it's taken this long because the other thing that I just thought of while you were talking is um, I don't know if you ever played the Sega CD uh, back in the day, but they had live action video games. Uh, since I already mentioned Corey Feldman, I got to bring up Corey Haim, who's in one called Double Switch, which is where you were protecting a uh, apartment complex and you had to set off booby traps uh, at certain times. And if you didn't, then things happened. So, uh, you know, so this technology or this idea has been around, like I said, for like 30 years and it just hasn't been integrated. But I can see, especially, you know, in Vince McMahon's We Make Movies Pal mm-hmm. mindset of, Let's take a character. Let's figure out a story that fits in with that character, and uh, you know, and go for it and do something. And, and if the budget isn't that much, I I would be down for you know, like every two or three months, getting a new version of this, just something different that again exposes your your uh, product to an audience that maybe isn't watching. Yeah, I mean. This to me could, yeah, it definitely was for wrestling fans. I, I don't, I wouldn't see just a casual family scrolling through Netflix. And, and actually, as I scrolled through Netflix, I never saw it. I actually had to search for it uh, to find it. It wasn't like amongst the uh, suggested movies. And I, you know, I, I don't, 
I watch Raw and SmackDown now, usually on social media or, you know, through social media. I'm not watching and seeing commercials. So I don't know if WWE has done much promotion of, of this either. So, um, and I'm, I'm interested or curious as to why it didn't end up on Peacock instead of going on to Netflix. Was this a collaborative effort with Netflix? Do you know? I believe it's a Netflix original. Gotcha. Very interesting. Quick, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. And it's, well, and you know, um, to that regard, you know, if, if it, if it's doing well on Netflix and if it's something Peacock wanted to, um, you know, to come up with their own, uh, you know, if they, if that, if that relationship is strong, I can see why they wouldn't do it. Yeah. And I, I think that you could also like, you know, Undertaker has been retired almost a year now. So it's, it's definitely an avenue where you can still, um, get that participation or get that visibility for some of the legends even. And, uh, you know, coming up with quick little stories or whatnot. I think though that, you know, with the Halloween theme, I, I think that had he not been released, this would have been a great, fiend slash bray wyatt kind of um adventure you know something with the firefly funhouse and and being interactive with that but uh uh, you know obviously they they didn't incorporate any other actors as we mentioned it was all wwe superstars and they were all playing the superstar role so uh in, in that regard you know it was a little um to me it was a little goofy but again, you know, it's kind of like reminds you of the uh, the old Scooby Doo cartoons where they kind of stumble upon something and they're you know trying to uh, find the monster or find out who you know what's going on and and you know these three they could have very easily just minded their own business and left and and been done with it, but they wanted that urn and that's kind of the premise of it is. They're trying to get that urn. And, uh, you know, for 30 plus years, we've been uh, ingrained in knowing that there's something powerful and magical and mystical about that urn. Yeah. And yeah, it's an interesting story. Um, Again, I question why the New Day, but versus, you know, because I think it would be better with Miz and Morrison, let's Mm. say. Mm. Um, You know, or somebody that. Would it, but, but I think New Day is probably your popular cast, your popular characters right now that would can play the um, comedy aspect into this. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's a small little nitpick. But uh, yeah, it's, I was expecting more than just stealing an urn out of the story. <laughs> I thought The Undertaker was actually going to be more involved. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, he, he doesn't have a, a whole lot going on in it. And, you know, I guess... Really, you know, we talked about the cinematic matches earlier, and and I think he weren't he and AJ the first uh, cinematic match, you know, during the quote unquote COVID yard. era. What's that? I think with the Boneyard. Yeah, match. the Boneyard. Yeah, I, c- I couldn't remember what it was called, but uh, yeah, I wonder. Uh, you know, as you said, w- will we get more characters, more superstars involved, and then you know. Could they bring in and, and do a more full-length film? You know, WWE is obviously still in the movie-making business and, and has done stuff. And we've, we've talked about several, you know, 
uh, WWE specifically produced films on this podcast in the past. Could, can you see this kind of uh, opening up for other involvement and not just WWE superstars? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think if it depends on what their end game is. If, if they're just wanting to promote WWE or if they just want to create content. Because if you're just creating content, then yeah, I can see them, you know, hiring anybody for for whatever story they come up with. But if you want to try to promote WWE, then you're going to want your 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 main stars. And we haven't really, I mean, the films that we've talked about so far on this podcast have all been um, films where a WWE star is the lead. But a lot of their better films are the ones where, okay, you might have a WWE wrestler superstar in the cast but they're like the supporting character or they're, you know, um, in the movie, the call, which is really good with Halle Berry, David Otunga plays a cop and he's in like three or four scenes. Yeah. It's just, you know, that type, or even, you know, originally we were going to do, I think we were going to try to do everyone, everyone dies or they all die or something like that. Or no one, no, it's called no one lives, um, which features, uh, uh Tyrus, AKA Brodus Clay, who, Again, he's out of the movie within the first, I think, 15 minutes. Mm. But he plays a pivotal part in the movie, but then the rest of the cast is actual actors. And um, so, yeah, I think it all depends on what what their focus is at the time that they decide to make more of these, if they do so. And, and I think they should. I can't see any reason why they should, why they wouldn't, other than co- you know cost-effectiveness. Yeah. Well, and we had talked last month, or the last time we did a Movie Mania um, and it was John Cena's Vacation Friends, and we had talked about some of the other, um, you know, superstars who have kind of transitioned and, and crossed over into movies, and um, someone that you brought up later on Twitter, and, and I'll give you an opportunity to talk a little bit more about him, and I'm kind of putting you on the spot, I think, um, and someone I had forgotten about as well is is Kevin Nash, who I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles back in 1990-ish was was his first yeah. role? 1991, I don't know if it was his first, but it was, uh, he did play Super Shredder, and, sorry, I'm getting feedback in my ears, so I'm going to okay. hear about it real quick. Um, yeah, he played Super Shredder in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, so he got to hang out with Vanilla Ice in the same uh, scene. Uh, yeah, and then I, I just watched him because this huge undertaking, no pun intended, of films that I'm watching. Uh, he showed up in the Magic Mike series, uh, Magic Mike and Mike, Magic Mike XXL, I think it is. And uh, yeah, I completely forgot that uh, Kevin Nash was also an actor. And I'm sure, you know, he, he could be goofy Uncle Kevin in this, the way Uncle Taker was, if you would. You know, I had read a report of, uh, not too very long ago, and I, I can't remember now if it's Tim Burton or Rob Zombie, but there was talk of doing a Munsters full-length film. Rob Zombie's doing it. Ro- it's Rob Zombie, okay. And I saw Kevin Nash's name thrown out as playing Herman Munster. I don't know if there's any validity or truth to that, um, but I could see it. I really, you know, obviously he has the size, and I think he's got the sense of humor um, I haven't seen any of his films, so I don't know that he's if he's got the chops to do it in that regard. But I would definitely go, I think, to the theater and see M- the Munsters as a as a movie, and especially if Kevin Nash was in the lead. Uh, 
See, I was going to say, you cast the great Kali and you don't have to worry about makeup. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. Um, so no, I think Kevin Nash has been, he's decent in everything that I've seen. He was in Rock of Ages as well. Um, and I, like you said, I think he gets the humor aspect. Um, yeah, I had not seen his name uh, in association with Monsters, but I could buy it. Yeah, this was like like I said, it was a social media post, so take it for what it's worth. But this was probably a month, maybe two months ago that that they were they were talking about that and and considering or you know his name came up under uh, consideration for it. Um, so you know we we often when we when we do these movie reviews we talk about you know casting and whatnot, but obviously. This was a WWE, you know, this was all tried and true WWE, so you're really not going to probably uh, recast it with actual actors um, um, or, you know, movie stars, I should say, not actors. Uh, so, I, you know, like we said, it, it is what it is. I probably, like Chad said, I, I would think that maybe Miz and Morrison, uh, kind of that bumbling duo, uh, and they're, you know, bad guys on TV or on Raw. So uh, I could have definitely, and they both have some acting experience themselves as well. So I, I could definitely see that, but also from the marketability standpoint, but I haven't really seen them do a whole lot of push with it with the New Day, but maybe this becomes a franchise or like you said, you know, we can get d- several different stories going on and, and different superstars in there and, and kind of playing those roles. Real quick, just thinking when you have to mention Miz and Morrison again, uh, the movie Private Eyes popped into my head. I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's like 1980, 81, um, Don Knotts and, and Tim Conway. Okay, yes. Um, Yo, yes. And I'm like, I could see a remake of that with Miz and Morrison. Yeah, I, I definitely think those two could do a, a good, uh, you know, buddy movie uh, and private eyes that would be perfect that would be <laughs> that would actually be really good we we need to uh tweet wwe studios and let them make this ha t- tell them yeah, that they need to make this happen see if they'll respond to that request because no one has gotten back to me about my awesome airwick idea what is oh yeah you what was that that's where you take it's a hitman's dog who the hitman is killed and the dog has to seek revenge. So it's John Wick plus Air Bud, Air Wick. Oh. And then my other one is a dog who's a bumbling idiot called Air Bud. E-R-R-B-U-D. <laughs> uh, keep them coming. Keep them coming. So, um, reviewers online were not kind to this uh, escape from the undertaker as you might imagine and again i think if it were you know if i were 40 years younger this would have been right up my alley um as a kid um it got a 4.2 rating out of 10 on imdb for example so um you know i don't i i, I don't know if it's even fair to rate this or, or, or rank it or however we would, would do it. But to me, it would definitely, um, I, I, I like the idea. I like the concept behind it. Um, the story was a little flat. Um, I like the new day though. And you know, I'm, I'm fine with the undertaker, so I'm not going to be overly critical of it, but I would definitely, you know, not watch this again, unless I absolutely had to. 
I think, you know, this would be a good, uh, you brought up Taboo Tuesday, but this would be a good video to play before the show starts in the arena, you know, mm-hmm. uh, let the crowd vote on what they want to see happen. And, um, oh, yeah. yeah, it's just something to entertain, get the, get, get them kind of hyped up before the show starts type deal. But, but yeah, I don't, I think if you watch it once, unless you want to really go back and see all the different options, how they play out, um, like I said, even at 30 minutes, it's it's not a quick and breezy 30 minutes. I was like, wow, this is only 30 minutes long. Like, there's a lot there. But, but you know, first-time attempt. And uh, I think even though I may not go back and rewatch this one, I still think this is a, a franchise thing that uh, WWE should try and, and maybe make a, make a series out of it going forward. Absolutely. Let me and I and I'm throwing this at you kind of uh, out of left field, but you know, we you you made the Vince McMahon impression. You know, we make movies, pal. Uh, obviously, WWE has been probably since before we were even watching it in the early eight or mid '80s. You know, it always had more of that kind of cartoonish or you know that Hollywood bend to it, um, and it's obviously made it you know, successful and, and now they are making, literally making movies. It's not just, uh, on their wrestling programming. AEW obviously fair or not gets criticism for, you know, the decisions they make in terms of, of talent and picking up the WWE refugees, so to speak, which I, I personally, you know, and you and I go back and forth and I, a lot of mine is in jest. I, I get it. I don't think that guys that leave WWE shouldn't then not have an opportunity to go work somewhere else um, and be on TV and make a living. So um, part of it is just kind of the gimmick I play with you. But um, could you see AEW ever kind of, you know, I know they've got Cody Rhodes now has his reality show with, with his wife Brandy, um, And he's been on a couple of other, you know, uh, out of wrestling event or programming and whatnot, could you see AEW dipping its toe into the entertainment world as well? I know a lot of the old school fans are, are critical of WWE and, and kind of look at AEW as that alternative where it's more wrestling focused and not so much, uh, you know, the pomp and circumstance and the cartoonish uh, behaviors. So what do you think? Could Could AEW ever go that route or do you think they would ever go that route? Well, I'm guessing you are not a avid watcher of being the elite on YouTube. That is correct. Yeah, so that's a show that comes out every Monday that uh, I believe the Young Bucks were doing prior to AEW. I was going to say they were doing that along uh, long before AEW. I thought. Yeah, but now it incorporates things happening at oh, AEW I got gotcha. shows or, or behind the scenes with with other wrestlers that are part of the roster now. Gotcha. Um, I don't. I don't think I could see AEW doing it to the extent that WWE does entertainment and tries to meld the two. But like you know, when they had the zombies come out at um, whatever pay per view that was, where the zombies attacked Miz and yeah. Morrison, um, I, I can't see them integrating into their show that way. But I could definitely see them doing more outside events that you know you just try to. Get, a, get more eyes on your on your roster or on your program. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Cody's Go Big Show. And uh, I was surprised 
that Cody wasn't in the Stars series heels. Uh, I know CM Punk uh, had, had he was on an episode, um, which again was came out before he was officially with AEW. Uh, and Mick Foley was also on a show, but you know he's not associated with AEW. But I'm surprised like there wasn't more of a crossover, and especially with it's Stephen Amell, who mm-hmm. you know has wrestled for WWE, who's good friends with Cody. Um, so I'm surprised that they weren't more into that. But I don't know. Do how do you think you know because whenever there's a crossover, so to speak, you know when a celebrity comes over and and wrestles for WWE or AEW, you know, whether it's an athlete or an actor or whomever it it may be, there's always that talk of, you know, we're going to get mainstream attention. And and other than like a mention on Entertainment Tonight or Access Hollywood or or those kinds of programs, how realistic do you think it is that, that, you know, just because I'm a fan of um, Shaquille O'Neal, am I going to then watch him on a wrestling program if I'm not a wrestling fan? Do you know what I mean? Like, is it really bringing an audience to the actual programs or is it just bringing that kind of recognition? And I'm not picking on Shaq, but I'm just saying in general, you know, because I feel like a wrestling fan is more likely to watch the Miz on Dancing with the Stars if they don't normally watch Dancing with the Stars versus a fan of, uh, you know, Snooki on The Real World. How many are on uh, uh, Jersey Shore? How many of those Jersey Shore fans actually bought WrestleMania, whatever it was that she wrestled at? You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. And if you can hold on five minutes, yeah. you're going to edit this out. I yeah. Amazon's here. So. Okay, cool. Fans? Yeah, like, do you, you know, as a as a wrestling fan, I feel like you're more inclined to watch a wrestler in a non-wrestling event than a fan of a celebrity watching that celebrity wrestle. I agree with that statement because I think, you know, in the age of pay-per-view, if, we, you know, when we were at WrestleMania 27 and Snooki was wrestling, like, mm-hmm. How many Jersey Shore fans are going to pay fifty dollars to watch a you know two three minute match mm-hmm. if they have no interest in wrestling? Whereas if John Cena appears on Jersey Shore, how many fans are going to be like, "Oh, I'm not doing anything for this half hour. I can just flip over to MTV, see what he does, and then go on with my life." Like, yeah, that it's an interesting point because yeah, I don't think. Even the biggest names, unless they're unless they're doing something massive, which I can't even recall a good example of. I, I don't think fans will. I mean, they may tune into you know Raw or Dynamite or you know like when Shaq was on Dynamite. I think you may get fans tuning in that again because there's no money involved, there's no mm-hmm. stakes involved. Yeah, it's just okay. Yeah, I can do this, but you know it's. Wrestling is just that weird thing where if you're not a fan, it's it's really hard to get non-fans to give it one, give it attention, and two, treat it with respect. Yeah, you know, it's and not be looked at as a joke or you know whatever. You know, I remember when um, I can't remember the situation, but it was during basketball season, and I think 
Dynamite was delayed, was preempted for a basketball game and they came on right after and they wanted Jericho out there because he was like their biggest name that they thought the, would have crossover appeal, you know, because he's been, you know, around for 20 plus years and it did get a lot of attention on Twitter, but it got the attention because, oh my gosh, look how out of shape Chris mm-hmm. Jericho is. It wasn't like, oh man, I'm awesome. You know, the, the, happened to watch wrestling after basketball and was entertained. It was more, you know, social media being used for the way that social media is used mm-hmm. to, to mock people. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I've always questioned, like if you bring in somebody, what, yeah. And like you said, you know, when WWE does it, yes, they get mentioned on ESPN or, you know, they'll, but at the same time, you know, two years ago or yeah, when they did the last WrestleMania in, um, I'm air quoting New York, which was actually New Jersey. Yeah. And they had Colin Jost and Michael Che from yeah. Saturday Night Live in the Battle Royal. I, I'll admit, I watched Weekend Update the night before just to see what they would say. Mm-hmm. And they didn't mention it at all. And so it's like, okay, why were they even in, you know, the, the Battle Royal? Because they did, there was no cross promotion to yeah. hype it. But, and I think now, especially with WWE being on Peacock, I, I would be surprised if we, I, I would be more surprised if going forward we don't get some NBC people on the show. Not necessarily wrestling, but mm-hmm. just showing up as, you know, and I think it happened at SummerSlam where they had uh, Mario Lopez as a backstage interviewer and a couple of other celebrities, uh, you know, just like real quick, hey, tell us about your match. And then they left and that type of thing. So I think, I, I think we're going to see, I would expect to see more synergy like that out of WWE. And, you know, even with AEW, they seem to have a good relationship with TNT and TBS, and uh, yeah. you know, especially now that TNT has hockey on, like, will they try to get some cross promotion there just to um, return of the goon? I'm all for it. I'm all for it, but I don't know what Wild Bill's up to these days. Well, heck, I want to see uh, Miz and Morrison against Zach and and Slater if we're going to go that route. We're going to cross-promote Peacock shows. Hey, I'm still mad that uh, my uh, team Saved by the Bell idea never came to be. Yeah. Zack Ryder, Kelly Kelly, and Heath Slater. So. That would have been phenomenal. That would have been phenomenal. I remember, yeah, you talked about that a long time ago. That was back, I yeah. think, Zach's, well, Zack Ryder was wearing the one long, pa- uh, long pant leg and one short one, right? Yeah. Probably, yeah. I mean, that's when Kelly Kelly was a thing. Yeah. So, but yeah, all their matches end in time limit draws. Team Saved by the Bell. Come on, it this writes, writes itself. itself. Bruce Pritchard. It it could be a, uh, a I could see that happening in wrestling pro wrestling or back in the day when Chikara was still around. Yeah, the the true innovators. <laughs> well, yeah, I think you know, and I think that's part of it too. Is We've talked about it, you know, online and on, you know, and on your other podcast about, you know, Hollywood being out of ideas. And I think, uh, you know, to an extent, the wrestling industry, the WWE specifically is, you know, out of ideas or, you know, it it just doesn't, you know, there's something missing, I guess. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to turn this into a bash, any promotion kind of podcast, but, you know, there's definitely, I think, some things that can be done to to make things fresh or new again. And and then again, you know, 
maybe we as fans, you know, at what point do we age out? I mean, we are both almost, you know, I'm closer right. than you, but we're, you know, pushing that 50 mark. Yeah. And, you know. And we've been watching for 30, 40 years where, yeah. you know, what can you do? You know, anytime they do a storyline, we're going to be like, oh, well, this is just like yeah. when they did it this time. But to someone who, you know, is either between the ages of 10 and 25, they might not be that familiar with. I mean, now it's easier with all the streaming and yeah. YouTube and everything to go to be able to go back and watch. But how many of them are actually going back and watching in depth? You know, you might right. see one or two matches or, or an event. But, yeah, I think I think that's something we need to realize as older fans, too, is just because we know something. Or we're we've seen something. It, you know, NBC used to you know during the summer when they would show nothing but reruns. Their slogan was, "If you haven't seen it, it's new to you." So that's right. Yes, I, I like that. That's 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 a good philosophy. Uh, Chad, is there anything else about Escape from the Undertaker or Movie Mania you want to get out there or plug any of your stuff before we wrap up this week? Um. I'm sure there was some thought that I had before the show started that I was going to mention, but of course, once I'm like a goldfish, you know, if you watch Ted Lasso, you know, the happiest animal is a goldfish because it has a 30 second memory. So, um, well, you'll think of it, you'll tweet it and then I'll remember it for the next show. Yeah. um, (laughs) I would say, yeah, watch Ted Lasso. If you've not watched Ted Lasso, it's a great show, but no, I just think, um, Again, there's so you know. I'm gonna go on the positive tip right now, where it's just like there's so much wrestling out there that one, it's okay to like more than one thing, mm-hmm. and it's also okay for other people to like something that you don't like, and that's fine, um, unless your names are Kevin and Chad, and then you just bash each other over Snapchat and Twitter. <laughs> but otherwise, no, it's. You know, just enjoy, find, and I think we've said this for years through the blogs and through the podcast. It's like, find something you enjoy and focus on that. Don't find the thing you don't enjoy and focus on it. Right. What's the point? Like, you're, again, we can sit here and I, I could go off for the next 30 minutes about why I don't watch WWE programming other than the pay-per-views or the network specials, whatever they're called now. But is it going to change anything? Is Fitz McMahon going to listen to this? Is Bruce Prichard going to listen and be like, damn it, pal. We, they're right. No, they're not going to change anything. So all we're doing is getting ourselves worked up. And when you can work the marks, that's the whole point of wrestling, right? Yeah. So. Very true. Very true. Well, Chad is uh, also the co-host of the uh, Wonder... I'm sorry. Well, Wonder Why, of course, obviously with the music... But uh, also, if you are a movie fan and want to hear more movie chatter, it is out of touchstone uh, with your co-host, Mike DeKalb. And after you're done recording this, you're going to be recording a new episode of that. Yeah, which will come out, I believe, the week after this episode drops. And we are discussing, what are we discussing? Oh, another stakeout. Oh, Rosie O'Donnell on the big screen. Yes, who you and I got to see Russell in St. Louis. So (laughs) there's a connection. There you go. You got to tie it back. You got to tie it back. I'll have to see if I can work that into the conversation. (laughs) Good luck. Good luck. Tune in to uh, Out of Touchstone and see if Chad is able to work our experience at Monday Night Raw into that. Well, buddy, uh, thank you for being a part and for uh, bearing through 31 minutes of Undertaker and Xavier Woods and uh, his 
buddies in the new day. And uh, we, of course, will be back again next week. Have a great week. And don't forget to let your friends know about my one, two, three cents. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Thank you.